Hi everybody, welcome to Little Rock Games Game of the Month Club. I'm Robbie. I'm Brad. I'm Tanner. And I'm Olivia. We are down one member this episode. Joe is out. Um, but this week we played Hover, which is a game published by Plugin Digital and developed by Midgar Games and Fusty Games. In the game, you play in a sort of futuristic playground. Um, there's parkour, there's sort of futuristic inline skating, and lots of neon lights. <laughs> That's sort of a, a good uh, description of the game. Yeah. What was everybody's sort of baseline experience with the game? Um, I can jump in first. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, certainly as an action game... Um, which I don't play a whole lot of. I, as I've said in previous podcasts, I like the slower, more methodical, patient games, uh, Banished and various other games like that. Um, but this was just, as an action game, it was fun. I liked that the stakes were kind of low, so I didn't feel like I was failing at it a lot. Sure. Uh, there's, you know, you, you get up, you fall down, you get back up again, uh, you race really fast and run around, and it was it was just kind of exhilarating and fun. The visuals were great. It was just, it was a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think the part that shined the most was sort of the movement and the design of the spaces. Uh, like, it's fun to just, like, skate around and climb up and down and bounce off of things. Uh, that's where I think it shines the most. Um, there's some other aspects of the game that I think didn't work as well, but overall it was still still a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I never played Jet Set Radio, but I love those sorts of games, so I really, this was a game that I was really looking forward to playing, just because I love the fluid movement, I just feel like I can do whatever I want in this big, like you said, or a playground, mm-hmm. sort of what it felt like. Um, there's a whole lot of vertical space, which was one thing that was sort of unique about this sort of game. Because yeah. like, um, something like Mirror's Edge, which is really grounded, it felt really, you know, really grounded in reality. This totally throws that to the side for just what's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really colorful. Um, but yeah, I, I also agree that there was some weird stuff with like, it was hard to figure out what to do in the game. Like it was almost too much of a sandbox. Because in the game, you're essentially, you're just, um, you start off and you're in like some kind of cloning facility. You come out of the cloning facility and they're just like, all right, here's the city. Go mm-hmm. be free. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what now? And so, you know, and it wasn't very hard to just immediately take off and just sort of skate up some walls and see where I went. But um, it was just interesting that it was presented that way. Yeah, that kind of touches on. So a lot of. Part of the reason why I wanted us to go around first and say what you guys thought of the game was because that is everything that I read about the game first going into it, which sounded um, incredibly positive and like everything that I ever wanted out of a game. But somehow um, it 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 is true that it is all those things that everybody just said, um, but it misses the mark just slightly. And the the just slightly parts where it doesn't do well somehow was enough for me to not get into it as much mm. as I as I thought that I would have. Yeah. Like it does check all the boxes for a game that I would like, um, and that's kind of what more of what I want to focus on when we talk about the design um, 
of course, we can talk about whatever you guys also. But what I am to bring to the table is to make this about me for a second. No, but um, like, like the center of gravity for your character feels off somehow. Yeah, and so like when you when you turn a corner, somehow it's like you're turning at the midpoint between your feet, which doesn't feel natural. And it, so it, it allowed you to when you were going really fast. Well, it did two things. When you were going fast and turning a corner, it would bank really sharply, almost like the way a motorcycle tilts yeah. in, in a, a really racy motorcycle. Um, the other thing that it did is is the walking on the walls thing. You could run when you when you're running really fast or when you when you jump to a wall and you go forward, it will allow you to kind of uh, drag drag your hand on the wall and run on the wall at the same time yeah. for for a pretty good distance. Uh, um, um, Unreasonable distance, probably. I there was a lot of inertia in the game, like a right. little bit. Like un, sometimes that felt really good. Like when you when you landed just right, it was. But when it was off, it was really off. Yeah, and yeah. it was hard to tell exactly how far was I going to jump when I released the jump button. Yep, so, those sorts of things. Uh, so you're, I, I, and I know that there was a lot of mechanics that they didn't explain to you super well that make it easier to gauge that sort of thing. Yeah. But there's a little bit lacking of tutorials and. For a game with such simple controls, there's a surprisingly high number of interlocking mechanisms right. towards mm-hmm. how your character behaves in any given second. Because it's also like it's an MMO, and it's a little bit of an MMO RPG because you have yeah. like your character your customization and, and yeah. all your stats and stuff, and you can bring little pets along with you and all this stuff. So it's just a lot of interesting interlocking systems, and it probably was really hard to balance the movement because of how custom it mm-hmm. was. Right. Um, but I agree that it, from the get-go, it felt sometimes like I was walking through corn syrup and sometimes like I was, you know, the master of the universe. You yeah, know? I'm curious, Olivia, did you find the, 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 the sort of the feel of the problems with inertia, were they, did they feel more like a problem in the low levels of the sort of verticality of it? Um, because I kind of, I, I kind of felt that way that as I was coming to, to, a shorter distance uh it didn't seem to be the same and it could totally be perspective and and just my perception of it but when i was way up on the very 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 top of the tallest buildings and way up in the very top um in in basically open air and doing those big jumps i felt like i was just soaring and inertia wasn't a problem but on the lower especially down like on the sewer level and the 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 or, or before the sewer level the dirt level or whatever the lowest level is <laughs> garbage village garbage yeah, yeah garbage uh that's the actual name yeah <laughs> um, yes, it is. yeah the, the the bouncing from bouncing around things there it felt to me because it was so much more spatially constrained that's where I had those inertia issues. Yeah, so it was interesting that they start you off in an area where there's like a whole lot of debris and stuff everywhere. So it's a there's a lot of like tight maneuvering you have to do in mm-hmm. some parts of parts of the beginning of the game, and that might be why it felt that way. Because I I was it was also like a little bit of a learning curve to feeling comfortable with how your character yeah. moves, mm-hmm. and the fact that it like starts off in an area like that, plus figuring out the controls, plus having a level one character that can't maneuver super well. Mm-hmm made it feel, like, rough from the get-go. And mm. not necessarily in a satisfying way, I think. Mm. So, because, yeah. So I I wish that in that first area, it was a good opportunity because it was, it had so much debris and because there was a lot of uh, difficulty 
it would have been a great opportunity for them to just hold your hand through that whole yeah. process because there, there was a lot of places to jump around and they could have really gotten you used to this is how jumping works this is where you're supposed to go another thing that really threw me off about this game was that i'm not used to games where you can interact with the environment as much as you can in this game like the like when i saw buildings and stuff i just sort of assumed like okay well that's just like a building but no there's ledges and stuff everywhere mm-hmm. like you really can usually jump and reach something and then if you just turn around there's probably another thing for you to jump on and you mentioned that and overall i think the level design was actually pretty good yeah, yeah. especially right. yeah, how fantastic big the levels it's are it's very like, big like it's way bigger than it seems at way, first yeah. it's so much vertical space and other than like i i feel like i don't know how much i like the design decision of introducing you in the space that they mm-hmm. introduced you um but because you know like the the Every single path where there's a rail leads to another rail, leads yep. to something you can mm-hmm. jump up, and there's like multiple paths you can always take. Mm-hmm. And even if you sort of mess up, you can sort of recover. Because one really thing uh, thing that I really liked about this game that I feel like was necessary because of the verticality yeah. was the rewind yeah. mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Very you helpful. fall, you could rewind, and so it made it. That's one reason why it was less forgiving, even though I kept forgetting it was that coupled with the fact that you. Falling from a great distance did nothing to hurt you. Yeah, there's no, yeah. There's no way to get hurt, no health. That was that was kind of liberating. I liked the mm-hmm. fact that I could just free fall. As we could get into the the uh, vertigo part of it here in a little bit, but uh, aside from the vertigo, yeah. that free fall thing was kind of fun. It was except, fun. except in that first mission where you're not playing game ball, but you are. Where you, you have to pick up the game ball and you have to li- you deliver it rewind. over there. I hated that part, and I didn't play mm-hmm. it for. A week because of that level because um i was like is this what the game is going to be because there was a that that had a lot of verticality and i kept falling but you can't rewind when you have the game ball and so i was just like well this is impossible like a, but that is what forced me to realize that the that the level design in this game is better than almost anything that i've like played like that's where this game really, really shines to me. Because once I realize that, oh, wait, I'm trying to go over this way, but there's actually, there's a million ways to get mm-hmm. to that thing. And I'm, try- I'm trying to play it like it's like a platformer. And the jumping isn't as precise as I wanted. So I kept getting frustrated. And the camera wasn't clipping right. But then once I realized that, oh, no, I can jump on that ledge. And I can probably reach that other thing. Then the game really opened up. And then you can wall run and then you can wall jump. Right. Yeah, so there's lots of movement options and stuff. And also learning the way the hover heat mechanic works yeah. really helps. Like knowing that you yeah. can sit in one spot and charge it up before you jump and that sort of stuff. But they don't explain that to right. you, right? If, if they would have, if, if that if that level in particular, because there is the big tutorial at the beginning where they do teach you sort of very small basics but if they would have walked you through an actual mission like that, like, you know, jump to here, try to get to this, and then get onto this, wall right on this, that kind of thing, it would have gone a long way. Because that, that big tutorial takes place in the cloning facility, which doesn't actually look like the city. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're so there's nothing sort of cluing a player in that if I see this, I can do this. Because you really can do just about anything in this game. Because there's a lot of mechanics that I just had to learn from trial and error. Right. Mm-hmm. Stuff like charging your hover heat by sitting in one spot uh, like a Super Saiyan. Um, the only reason I figured that out was because another player walked up to me and was like dancing around and they started doing it. I was like, what are you doing? And then I just figured it out. 
I still, I never got that. Yeah, and stuff like um, knowing that your scanner shows you the exact range of uh, security cameras. Yeah, yeah. Because normally it's hard to tell where they end, but if you Mm -hmm. have your scanner on, you can see right where the line stops. Mm -hmm. Um, But they don't tell you that stuff, right? And I found it on accident. Briefly about the security cameras, they weren't, they were never enough of a threat to seem to do anything to me. I felt like half the time I could outrun the bots and the other half... So what? They caught me, they locked me up, and I'm... Yeah. yeah. If it's, they catch you three times, you go to prison, though. Did you ever... Yeah, I went to prison once, yeah. and it was... No and then you deal. just leave. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah. walk out. That was the yeah. thing. It was, there was no... There were, there were, there, it didn't cost anything, really. Yeah. I think it was really just to create, like, like points of tension. Mm-hmm. Like, there are no real consequences, right. just like any other point in the game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, oh, I gotta look out, because if not, I might have to just spend the next two minutes like running from these guys rather than going where I want to go. That was okay. In it was fun of, running from them. Right. Yeah, yeah. In a lot of levels, a lot of the, the, the missions will run you through areas with the security yeah, cameras. Yeah. And if you get zapped during one of the missions, it will end into the failure mm-hmm. almost always. So there's some races that are really hard because they go through like eight different security camera areas. And if you get hit once, you lose. And you have to do like four laps or whatever. So you guys did more of the missions than I did, I, I, I assume. Um, I, I kind of did the... I completed the whole game. Of course like, oh, you did. Because wow. you're Olivia. Story. <laughs> yeah. I didn't do all the side quests or anything, but I did the main plot. So yeah. I got through all of the three main areas. Because there's, there's, there's not even just like the one main vertical city. Mm-hmm. You can go to... To like the, uh, the the sewers, which is like a it's basically all race tracks because it's just a bunch of tubes with mm-hmm. different obstacles in them, and then there's like the Haven District or and maybe that's the starting area. I don't remember. There's a, there's essentially the like rich people town where you can go. I never got there. Yeah. So and, and it's a uh, it's it's similar to the first area but just way bigger. Mm. Um. And you get there by going through these the. It's way. just by following the the the. The really convoluted plot. <laughs> yeah, that was part of the reason that I didn't, because it was really convoluted. And the one of the other big reasons that I I didn't finish all of that is because one of the one of the key elements of that plot line was go to the sewers and get yourself all the way to the top, the ceiling of the sewers, to where the the rebel yeah. the rebel base mm-hmm. is, kind of. And I guess we can talk about the vertigo now because. Um, that the heights, I didn't have any problem with the motion blur or the motion, any of the motion sickness or any of that stuff that Joe had. Um, but climbing up in that, basically that tall cylinder, that's, that's the sewers to get to the top of the sewers. I got about halfway and I I felt so nervous and sick and bad that I was like, okay, I got to turn it all off for, I can't play it again anymore tonight. So, and I can never get past that. An interesting thing about that. Um, so when I, f- I first played the game on PC on, I guess like a 27 inch monitor and I didn't like, it didn't feel great to play. Like something about it felt off. Mm. I played switched to PS4 on a 50 inch TV felt a little bit better and I was able to progress pretty far, pretty far after that. And in fact, that's what allowed me to get past that, um, that mission. We did play with Joe very briefly on the giant mm. like 60 inch television or whatever and he said that he he enjoyed the game a lot better i think okay. he still got motion sick but he not it wasn't as bad so i do wonder if that's just they, could could they have done more iteration or is that just 
a quirk of motion sickness that if you have a bigger screen and you're further back, that just... I really that could be part yeah. of it. But I really feel like part of it was the precipice, the vertigo from pre- the, the precipice. Yeah, and I, I and that's just something that I'm really bad with anyway. So like, remember in uh, I think it was the Two Towers movie when uh, Frodo and they're they're they've been captured by the orcs and or they're in right before they get to the big spider. Anyway, there's this one scene where it, uh, they're trying to climb up this cave wall, this really, really steep cave wall. And the camera goes from the bottom and, and goes shooting up the, the mountain underneath them. And then it, it rises above them and then angles down and oh. looks down below them. That no? scene okay. kills me. Every wow. scene, and scenes like that kill me, where where it takes you right to the edge of a precipice and looks and looks yeah. you How over. How are you on roller coasters? Forget it. <laughs> Let's not play a roller coaster game. <laughs> um, but that's what I felt like. Okay. And and oddly enough, I didn't. There were a couple of places in the very top, on the top of the highest buildings in the whole thing. Because I remember Olivia, you and I talked about this once. One of the one of the little short, uh, quick quest kind of thing was go get my teddy bear or something mm-hmm. from the top of this. Uh, it was like a radio tower or spindle yeah, kind of thing. I don't know what thing. it was, but it was sort of like mushroom shaped, like it had like yeah. a big top on it. Yeah, yeah, and a big spike kind of thing on the mm-hmm. top. So to get up that high and to keep bouncing and 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 shooting up the things that high, um, I got really close and I could yeah. never quite get there. And part of it was because. Again, that verticality. But on the rooftops and between the buildings, not a problem. And and again, the motion wasn't a problem. It didn't make mm. me sick, even on a monitor, on a, on a laptop monitor. Um, I, th- I really think it was that walking across that, that really thin edge of those those little catwalk yeah. and, and, and rails to get to the climb to the box, to jump to the next box, to get higher and higher, to get to the ceiling. I just couldn't do it. So... Okay, well, that is an interesting point because I, I guess I came to this recording thinking that that is a design problem that that with iteration could probably be taken care of. But now I'm thinking more that it's more of a testament to them for capturing um, the sensation of doing these things. Definitely. Like if you were doing this thing, that's how you would feel. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I They really, really captured that really well. Yeah. Well, then you've changed my mind. Good for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for making me sick. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's well done. So so something that was more of an obstacle for me than the movement, yeah. like in, in that aspect didn't really bother me, was the uh, progressing to like different missions and sort of the UI. Yeah. Uh, I found it really, the UI in general to be really difficult to interact with. Mm-hmm. Like knowing what was like an important like main mission, mm-hmm. um, knowing how to like see what missions were there. Like there's a little menu in the top yeah. right. Uh, and like knowing what a mission w- was when I started it. That was a big one for yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so the, there's a timer that would count down. It's like, get ready, go. Right. But I don't know if I'm going to play like game ball or if I'm going to be in a race. And I mean, theoretically or, or they could, what? they could do that with the like dialogue and yep. sometimes it does, but sometimes bit. they're just like, I'm going to beat you. And I'm like, okay, at what? <laughs> and when, and when a mission starts, there's an arrow that tells you like where the game ball is or whatever, but that doesn't sometimes. appear. Right. But that doesn't appear until the mission actually starts. Mm-hmm. And I usually, when I would start, like you start um, with your back against the wall 
and there's a big open space in front of you, and the game ball could appear in front of you. It could appear to the left or to the right. Mm-hmm. But whatever AI you're competing against, they, they, they're going to they know. know. Already, yeah. And so as soon as it starts, they take off in the right direction yeah. while you're looking down at the arrow. To My plan was to go. chase them. Well, yeah. yeah that, I that's almost an always too. would start a mission, wait to figure out what it was I was supposed to do, and then immediately restart it. Right. I almost oh, always yeah. had to do that because yeah, yeah. It, some of them would never even tell. Like even the little thing that says, "Oh, zero out of three. Like is it zero out of three laps? Is it zero out of three points up to five hundred? Like I just didn't. Sometimes it was just hard to figure out what yeah. to do, and that was just a UX design problem. Yeah, and the frustrating thing is that like none of these things are unsolved problems. Right. Like you know, like racing games have done like flyovers of the track uh, to show you like specific obstacles or introduce new concepts. You know, plenty of games have all these varied mission types that they will then categorize into some, you know, distinct phrase or icon or something so that I know what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. Even, like, open-world movement-based games with time trials and puzzles and things like that. So it seems like something that wasn't, like, a mystery, but just didn't get pursued very heavily. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard to say. I mean... That was my biggest problem with the game, I think, was just knowing what I was doing at any given moment. Because really, I just proceeded through the plot on almost accident. Like, Mm -hmm. I basically was just doing random quests that I encountered, and one of them was like, okay, now you unlock the sewer, and then I did the sewer quest and Mm -hmm. followed it that way. And so I just never really felt like I had direction. Even from the get-go and even towards the end, like, I still, like, I had a little bit more better of an idea, but it was still super nebulous. And this has come up a couple times in the podcast that, you know, you can have a really, really great game, because the the core of this game is really, really fun, and Mm -hmm. I do really like it. Um, But because of these small UX problems that, like Tanner said, a lot of them are solved problems, it makes it difficult to progress through the story. Or, or to want to do more in the game because there's just little things that would come mm-hmm. up and, and frustrate me. But, like, if the game started off with no missions, so just all the missions get turned off, and it was just like, here, here's a sandbox where you go play, I probably would have enjoyed it even more. But because I know that there are things I'm supposed to be doing, but there's little tiny barriers uh, to me doing them, then it, somehow it made it less enjoyable mm-hmm. for me, I guess. I, I kind of lost patience with all of the with with exactly what you're talking about, Tanner, mm-hmm. with the missions. And I kind of ignored them for the most part, except I really love the spraying graffiti ones. That was fun. Oh, and yeah. the yeah, busting yeah, yeah. the signs, you can jump. They'll give you missions to to on each level. It took me a, a little while to realize that the collectibles. There's lots of fun collectibles. Yeah. Yeah. That that one that you had different numbers of things per area. So I would be like, well, just a minute ago, I had like 15 of these things and I had mm-hmm. I had already completed 14 and now it's down to three out of seven. And then I was somewhere else and it was like five out of nine. And uh, but then I realized, oh, that's for this sort of district, um, which, again, they don't really it's explain a, it's just that. It's a UX problem. And a, um, yeah. But I had so much fun. Really, that was the bulk of my game. Uh, jumping around on things, running from those little police bots. Uh, busting signs and trying to find creative ways to multiple bust signs, like like jump through one oh, yeah. to the other to the other. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched somebody early when I started playing do a speed run of busting a whole bunch of them on a level, and it was like, whoa, that cool. is nuts. <laughs> uh, which, uh, if you're listening, you should uh, take a moment and look up the YouTube of that person doing that speed run. Um, but yeah, I lost patience with with all of those missions for exactly what you guys were saying, mm-hmm. and then I spent the rest of my time just bouncing off stuff. 
So one really cool mechanic that we haven't talked about. So we talked about that it's an MMO, sort of. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can play with other people. Mm -hmm. You can go on missions with other people. It doesn't really, you don't really need, it doesn't really add a whole lot. Like, Mm -hmm. especially the, like, side quests and story missions. Like, you can do them with people, but, and I think they, you can add them to your team so that you'll have a better chance of beating them if you're having trouble. But the really cool thing is the mission editor. Um, which Brad and I played around with a little bit, yeah, just to figure out how it worked. But you were jumping so much higher than me that it was. Yeah, I had, I had a max level character. <laughs> yeah. It was so unfair. I was still figuring out how to add all those yeah. jumps, and you were. Yeah, I had like I like fully maxed. I had because you can also have a team full of different characters mm-hmm. and unlock different characters with different specialties, and that was really fun. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. It was sort of hard to unlock them, but you know, having the is the RPG player in me is like, yes, I want the character of this race with these stats maxed out. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but the mission editor is actually really, really cool and really robust. So essentially the way it works is you can, um, so any, just like any side quest that you find in the game, you can create them. You can essentially place the mission somewhere. You can add extra obstacles and checkpoints and you can do any type of mission that you want. We did a game ball one, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, you can place the, place the nets. You can make the nets to where either person can use them or they're team-based you can it's you can literally make any type of mission that you encounter in the game, and it lets you just it's like a total you can place stuff wherever you want you can place like I said extra obstacles like ramps or whatever, and that was really cool yeah, and it was yeah. something that was just sort of a throwaway thing just for fun for people mm-hmm. to if they did all the missions in the game you could create your own, so that was a really cool thing um, it was pretty easy to use too but it was so like buried and like most people probably never touch it yeah. unless they have a group of people playing right want to just do a specific thing with. and i kind of imagine that it would be it would be cool to have a group of of all of us jumping around in the same thing and we had talked about actually doing that and then uh for various reasons we didn't but uh yeah it it, it seemed like having a team of people especially a team of people who could do different parts of missions together mm-hmm. or do different parts of things at the same time mm-hmm. like I, I like the idea of uh, we need one person who's really good at this to do this thing while this other person is doing this other mm-hmm. thing. And um, it could be, you know, like a game ball match where one person can jump really high and the other person runs real fast. Mm-hmm. So you, and and, you and know. there was a shove mechanic or a hit and shove me- like a mechanic, yeah, right? Yeah. Force or uh, shove the, uh, or... Yeah. That applied only to game ball, yeah. like how hard you could push them away. When but imagine if you had a team and yeah. you, two teams were up against each other and you had one guy that was your scorer and two other guys that were your, your defense pusher guys. And I think that would be great, except there's no in-game way to organize that sort yeah, of thing, right? right? Like you can't really have like, you know, your team of friends and another team of friends that you can match make against each other or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's totally mm-hmm. not there at all. But I mean, it's just sort of a fun thing. They, honestly, it's probably the tool that they use to create their probably. levels, if yeah. I had to guess. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, why not just let people do that? And I thought that that was sort of a cool thing. That is so cool. that was one definitely a thumbs up for me was that mechanic. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I know this happens a lot in the podcast, but I want to call attention to it in this game specifically. We are griping a lot about little things, and that's because this game is actually really unique. Like, there's not a whole lot of games like this. And, like, Jet Set Radio was uh, a favorite of a lot of, of people that played on Dreamcast, and there's constantly people begging for um you know a re-release of the game or some sort of spiritual successor in a lot of ways this game is that there's just little little things that would prevent it from i think becoming sort of a more mainstream success 
Because I feel like it's not even, it's not just Jet Set Radio either. Like, it's not, it's not nearly as grounded as Jet Set Radio yeah. is. Like, you're flying through the air, it's super vertical. Mm -hmm. But it's definitely, definitely, like, aesthetically influenced by right. it. And, uh, you know, the, the sound design is almost, like, identical in some ways. The sound design uh, perfectly fit. <laughs> um, it felt like a futuristic street. It was a good combination of slightly gritty, uh, but also... Uh, future slightly robotic or or uh, a clony. Mm -hmm. uh, I, th I felt that was that was really well done. Good choice of um, music. I feel like there should have been a few more tracks though. Yes, yes. Because it, I think that even uh, that after you beat the game, for some reason, it only will play one track uh, as the like background track, at least wow. in like the main town. Yeah. And we we were trying to fix like uh, Tanner and I were trying to like do side quests and try and make it play another track. Yeah. Could not get it to do it. Huh. So there's some weird stuff like that. I mean, the the, the tracks themselves are awesome, yeah. but I wanted to hear another one. <laughs> right. just, yeah, I, I think more of them would have been good. I also think that more spaces, more individual spaces that you could go to uh, would have been cool. Mm -hmm. I, I was There you, were quite a few, but you had to go pretty far. And yeah, yeah see, I, I want to be able to just, I'll even just find a way to put a cheat code in and, and go everywhere. But <laughs> I want even more than what we've described, right? Um it, and and it, you know the the it's got tons of possibilities. It reminded me a lot, um, Robbie, when you said a minute ago that there weren't a lot of games like this. Um, it did remind me of Skate Tony Hawk Pro Skate mm -hmm. games. Yes, uh, there's a lot of that, except they're all very flat. Um, Relative. I mean, this yeah, is so. Yeah, I think the closest. Well, comparatively, thing, so yeah. The yeah. closest thing to me would probably be Sunset Overdrive. Mm -hmm. I'm the game. It came. It was like a pl an Xbox exclusive for Xbox One. Right? Yeah, it was when one it of launched. the release titles, I think. And we played it a lot. It was an Insomniac Games made it. Oh, okay. Um, and it was a really fun game, and it was sort of the same like wacky premise, and you were skating around for no particular reason, like and bouncing, like everything that was. It was super cartoony was and bouncy, yeah. and yeah, and you could yeah jump and skate on. On, you know wires and stuff and, and it was sort of like a like punk rockish themed game it was really cool mm -hmm. yeah. um but uh and it was also like you know it was like a triple a level game a lot yeah. more polished and it did its own thing but but uh hover doesn't have or yeah it doesn't have the um the amount of tricks like the, the amount of different stuff yes. you can do i kept wanting to right you can just do trick Right, you can like you, yeah, exactly. And it would give just, you different you points trick. for yeah. different tricks. I, I really, yeah, I, I was wishing that there was a way to either control or maximize or vary uh, things like flips and uh, double bouncing or hanging with hanging on things with your hands more, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of Especially thing. Especially with yeah. like the RPG structure where you could like spec into certain like right. trick mm -hmm. families or something. You know, you're good at like all these grinds or all these like flips or whatever you know mm -hmm. that would have been really cool but also there was this weird thing because there was uh, one mission type where you would try to get so many number of points right they would like they you wanted to get mm -hmm. 500 points x number of times in x seconds mm -hmm. and but the thing was was that it wasn't the easiest way to do it wasn't by grinding and jumping off walls and whatever it was to find a flat surface and to just essentially do like slides and just jump yeah. over and over again was the mm. easiest way to do it. And so there was weird stuff like that. They didn't obviously that wasn't their focus. They were focused a lot more on the movement and the right. races and that sort of stuff mm -hmm. and maintaining, you know, more so than that. But I do I did feel like that that would have been really at home there. Yeah, I mean I could think of a hundred different little cool tricks that you could have specialized in yeah. or and part of it is you know 
so much of that is only uh, graphical. I mean, like they, he, you could do the thing where you pulled your feet behind you, kind of, and where you split. Yeah, so yeah. you kicked your feet up in front of you in a kind of a Y. Um, but just think about all the different ways that you can, a gymnast can flip, right? And think about in real parkour how many how the really amazing ones do it when they jump off a building. They also do you know, three flips in the air or something. And part of the thing with that, though, is that, like, this is a pretty small team that we're yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. And they already made a pretty ambitious game. Right, absolutely. Um, so, that- so it already is awesome, but it's 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 another, you know, a testament to what Robbie was saying, that it was sh- just slightly short in lots of different tiny ways, but it was still a, it's still a really wonderful game. Mm-hmm. So when they first made this game, they made it for PC um, a few years ago, and then they started working on like three different console versions so all at once this year it came out for ps4 xbox and the nintendo switch and i wonder if um well one that's going to increase their revenue a lot because i know you guys probably we probably all played on different platforms with different control schemes but i played it with keyboard and mouse and with the controller and i feel like the controller was such a better experience i couldn't play it with a keyboard and mouse i had to use the controller on my pc yeah i did i did uh keyboard and mouse same so i i wonder if starting off in pc was kind of like the wrong way to go and i think if they if they had started on console well well actually that's probably not true if, if they had developed it for a console first then maybe but if the version that was here now came out on console we would have had this exact same experience which is the controls a little weird doesn't feel that great but because it's available on so many consoles i hope that they sell more copies and that we get a hover 2 that would be fantastic be because wonderful. i have no doubt i would that, love a hover 2 yeah. a hover 2 with bigger stuff Every, everything that hover has but more of it yeah even if it was just this with more i think it would be yeah. great and i think they would probably make those ux improvements um, it, you know, it's probably not. Maybe it's just not the game that they want to make. Maybe to, hire a writer. Yeah, maybe uh, hire a writer. Sure. Yeah. Do we or, want to talk about the story? Or maybe at least like a writing team. There might have been a writer on that that was. That's true. Right, you know, right, that's fair. But, uh, but, it but I do feel used more. the narrative design was not super great. Like, I don't think, it was and they, were, fine. they weren't going. For and honestly, it wasn't right. important really to a game like this. Right. Um, there was just enough there to make me feel like it was like a world yeah. and yeah. a place with like real with like people and problems, even if it was you know super campy and it's sort mm-hmm. of a fun right. way, but. Okay, here, here's a here's a weird conspiracy theory, right? So, okay, what if the world that you're in here is the same world that was in um, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor? <laughs> you're gonna go there, yeah. but a different planet. You, you know, it's the same exact place. It just looks completely different because you have a different perspective. You're this. <laughs> You're, garbage town. Yeah, it's yeah. totally garbage town. Yeah. Um, you in this game, there's still all the religious stuff all over the place. You just don't know it's because right. you're a rebel and you don't care, and you everything's a lot clearer to you because you're this spe- super specked out bouncy robot clone guy. And whereas Dyer's is a spaceport janitor, you're broken and uh, pixely and all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we, we'd it's, be awesome it's if it's... Our head cannon. It's there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I will say that there was some weird stuff that kept just like confusing me. Because like allegedly like in the in the setting, 
there's like this fascist government who is right. stopping all fun from happening. Right. But like you go around and you see people like partying in arcades and like doing karaoke and there's, definitely there's no cops <laughs> anywhere. <laughs> like there's, well, they're there's, just kind of crappy cops. Yeah, I mean, there's characters that are like you know the robot cops, but they show up like twice in the story. Yeah. And I was just like, is this a fascist regime or are you just a bored teenager who wants to put spray paint on things? What's the difference? Well, <laughs> <laughs> when you're a bored teenager who wants to spray paint, everything is a fascist regime. Right. There. You, it, it could be that from the perspective of these groups of people which are called gamers yeah which is, which is the whole can of worms I know I the, just, the whole yeah. it, it did seem it did seem really weird so the idea is that they've outlawed fun but the people that are gonna you know save everything and bring fun back is are the gamers and so the the unofficial <laughs> or maybe it's official I don't know subtitle of the game is a revolt of the gamers. Revolt of gamers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, if which, if this game yeah. does give you the vertigo and the stomach problems, the, the motion sickness, you are a little revolted. Yeah. <laughs> As a gamer. But uh, oh no, I've lost my train of thought. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the fascist regime, and there are gamers on the other side who are going to heal it all and make it better because they're the resistance. Right, and that's the story. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's it. I guess. Yeah, but I guess I don't. I don't. The if the game doesn't really need to have more than that. I would prefer that they didn't have that. <laughs> that maybe <laughs> was something different. But um, you know, if if it was just here's a cool city and you can just run around and do whatever, um, that would have been fine too. I think they just needed a way to justify having these security cameras that would bother you. <laughs> but it is an interesting point, and I guess we we do sort of always try and. Uh, come up with reasons why the failing of their narrative was good. Um, and so may- maybe that is a good point. Like, you know, when you're a teenager, if they don't let you do the fun thing that you like doing, it's because they're fascist or because they're, you know, evil and terrible in some way. When really, a lot of the verbs that you can do in this game, you can smash security cameras, <laughs> you can draw graffiti on things. And so, so yeah, maybe... It's just a group of people saying, oh, they're fascists because they won't let us destroy their That's property. That's exactly what I said when I wanted to skateboard right. in front of Walmart when I was 15. Right. So they were just fascists, clearly. Right. And and I don't I don't think it was a translation issue because I, I don't think the whole development team was French. I think just one of the parts of the development team was French. But the narrative does specifically say that fun is outlawed. Not skating, mm-hmm. not parkour. Not graffiti. It says fun in general, and you're right. There's a lot of people in the world that are having fun. There's like multiple little and bars. Like a lot and, of the collectibles yeah. and things are like, oh, you find these the, the game, game girls, girl, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that have been confiscated. That was and, fun. That was that was yeah, a fun so little like, tiny. There, there's little details like that, and the you know, but you're right. Like there's arcades everywhere still, mm. and you can go into them, and there's people in them. Um, so I mean, in, yeah. I mean, they were fun set pieces, and I wasn't so invested that it really bothered me. <laughs> just right. trying to figure it out at that point, you know. Like, if our modern day fascism could be as as ineffectual as the fascism <laughs> sure. in this game, <laughs> yeah. that would be great. <laughs> very useful. Maybe this is very useful. in its own way. It's, it's, it's a little utopia. <laughs> but I, I would hope that in a hover two, even if they left all that in, even if they left in the you know weird inconsistencies in the narrative. Mm-hmm. If it just had um, just a few tweaks to the UI and just a little bit more to do, um, that would be really great. Because I think the, the core design of the game is fine, mm-hmm. but the the other stuff around the core design um, fails. And I think that kind of hurts the 
the experience that they were going for. Yeah. Because I just, could see a lot of people starting the game and just being like, I don't know what to do. I can't quite yeah. figure this out, and I don't feel like spending the time learning it, and then stopping. And one so. of the reasons that I did spend the time to learn it is because we were going to do this podcast, and I wanted to be invested in it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you're right, that if I had just found this, or if someone, for example, maybe gave me a Steam key to this, and I started playing it, I probably wouldn't have played it for as long as I did. Yeah, and so I, I, I know that we have other designers that listen to the podcast, and I think that's sort of a, a good takeaway to take from this game and some of the other games that we've played too, is that you can have a game that is good, but you have to a lot of times sort of lead people to what's good, and the path along the way to to mastering the game has to also be fun. You can't just mm -hmm. throw someone into it. Oh, oh, fun or interesting or or enlightening in some yeah. way. I mean, I'm thinking about all the other games that we've talked about on this podcast, so everything, and uh, what was the manor game? Uh, uh, Norwood Suite. Norwood Suite. And um, another one that I've already... Uh, uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine. Yeah. It, they, they pull you into this these uh, narrative elements or, or pieces that move the story along, and pieces that get you invested yeah. uh, deeper in it um, in a really enlightening way. Uh, an interesting way for the Norwood suite. It was mm -hmm. the fact that it was just weird and you were doing, gosh, what, what's the weird thing that I'm going to find next um, in everything. It's that you were able to go macro and micro and back and forth. And, and the farther you went, the bigger everything kind of got. Right. Uh, and, and, and this, this, this is like you said, kind of more of a sand. Feels more like a sandbox, right? But it, it, it's a, a sand, great sandbox. A great sandbox, but also there's little things like like judging the uh, jumping distances and stuff is hard. Um, and I approached it in the in the beginning almost like a platformer, and that was the wrong way to approach it because it's it's very difficult to, like we said, uh, gauge jumping distances and stuff. Um, so it was hard for me to play it, but not because it it's meant to be a hard game. So like mm -hmm. Nier Automata is, is pretty hard. Like you have to actually get good at it. Mm -hmm. But the, there's a tutorial that teaches you what to do. And so that first boss mission that I failed like two or three times, <laughs> uh, I failed at it. But I knew that I failed at it because I'm not good enough. Like not because there was some mechanic they didn't teach me about. Mm -hmm. Whereas in Hover, it does sort of feel like, um, oh, I didn't I didn't realize or. Like, often I would accidentally trigger a wall run, mm -hmm. and I didn't mean to. Like, I just wanted to jump, and I was happened to be near a wall, but that changed the way my character One of behaved. my problems is when I would wall run and then try and jump forward, I would jump, yes. a wit per like, perpendicular oh. to the wall. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, was, that problem happened over and over and over again until I had to, like, actually spend the time to teach, my, to, to, like, make myself think to not do that. Right. And that's like a lot of work to put in, you know, to figure right. out exactly how. Was that, that good or bad? Because it doesn't tell you that, you know, in the tutorial where they teach oh, you to right. wall run, mm -hmm. that when you jump on a wall run, you jump away from the wall. You or know? give you an option to find a way to jump forward, mm -hmm. to right. use your forward momentum. Yeah. And that framing is sort of important because if, if, if they had the tutorial that told you once you activate a wall run, this is how jumping changes, then it becomes sort of on you. Like, you know, well, now you have to master the way the physics changes when you're running on the wall. But when they don't tell you that, then it's just sort of like, why is this game it's being dumb? It's right. like, why did it jump? I, I was pressing forward and jumping. Why didn't I? It just felt, it felt like a failing of the game and not on my knowledge right. of the game. Mm -hmm. um, so 
again, uh, just UX. Honestly, like give give us a better yeah. tutorial. Give us a better uh, indication of what each mission is, and clean it up. And I would totally like as it is. I would still totally recommend the game. Oh yes, yeah, I, I would too. I, I do recommend it, and I, I, more than anything, I like in all the other podcasts that we've done. Uh, I was taken. My takeaway from all of really all, every single one of the other podcasts that we've done is like beauty and narrative and uh, design elements, uh, graphics and music, and all these kinds of things have been my my key big picture takeaways. This one, my biggest takeaway with this was just it's fun. Yeah, it's just mm-hmm. joyful to bounce around on things and without like all of that other stuff all the narrative and even the the very nice graphics uh were really secondary to the yeah. fact that I was I was just having fun parkouring and it felt I, like a love letter to its inspirations and all yeah. that like I, I could awesome. tell just going into this game yeah. even having not played Jet Set Radio that these people love these types of games and just want to yeah to do that and have that experience with somebody else and so just that made it like you could tell that there's a lot of love put into the game. So I, I think we're about to wrap up, but um, I just wanted to throw out there that I get uh, the feeling that I get from this game is like Sonic. Yeah. Like the old 2D Sonic games. Yeah. It's like, you know, it, at some point it sort of gets out of control and you're going way too yeah. fast, but somehow <laughs> yeah. things just work out because they plan that's, you know, they plan for you to have a lot of momentum and just keep going forward. And then you hit a wall or you hit a spike and you're like, oh, I should have been paying attention. But it was still fun. That blind flying momentum. Yeah. uh, I hadn't thought about that, but it's very, very much the feeling of of that fast Sonic. And that's fantastic. All right. So final thoughts. I guess I I start usually. Sure. Would be that, um, yeah, I like the game. Um, I would definitely hope that they have a sequel. I could recommend the game. Um, but you're going to have to fight through some UX problems and you're going to have to get used to some physics. And if within 10 minutes you start to feel nauseous, just know that that's not going to change for you. (laughs) Um, Everything that we mentioned as negatives in this game, the UI problems, UX problems, were not that big of a deal to me. Um, I think that it would be a much better game if those things were fixed. But as it is, it's certainly worth the price that I paid for it. And uh, I just, again, I had fun. Uh, just plain and simple. Yeah, and I think I think earlier when we talked about getting distracted by just the, the free roam and the, the environment itself and how good the level design is, I think that points out this is a really good example of when you should be okay with cutting things and killing things in your game. Uh, this could be a personal preference, but I don't know how much... Uh, multiplayer added to the overall experience right. and how much of a time investment that was. But it seems like there are a few things they could have uh, cut earlier on and, and polished a little bit more, and it would have made it a more unified, uh, flowing experience that I think I would have enjoyed a lot better. But that core uh, fun aspect of moving through the environment, I think, was is really worth trying out. Mm-hmm. I really feel like they do a good job of immersing you into the type of character you're playing, the type of world you're in. You really want to just go out and explore and spray, spray graffiti on everything that you see. Um, and like Brad said, it's incredibly, it's just fun. So even all these other things aside, even if you just want to play around in it, it's super worth it and it's super fun for that reason. Or if you just really like collectibles, because there's a ton of them <laughs> in the game. Um, and yeah, it's, it's definitely worth it and I would also recommend it. 
All right, well, that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, next month, we are going to be playing Tacoma by Fulbright Studios, uh, the makers of Gone Home. Um, it's a sci-fi mystery game uh, set in the year 2088 where you're investigating what happened on a space station. So be sure to play along or check out the game and join us next month as we check out Tacoma. And if you played Hover with us this past month, please uh, talk to us about it on uh, either on Facebook, our Facebook page or in the comments here on our blog um, at littlerockgames.com. Thank you guys for for listening, and we will see you next month. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.